What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Friday. What is today? September the 8th, 2023. I believe it's episode 171 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernie, your show. You'll get this episode along with the 170 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, leave comments, all that jazz. Same as usual. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I've done a pod in the car, but that's what this is. This is a car pod. Uh, I am in Kentucky, about to be in Nashville. It's a Friday. It's the dark day at Kentucky Downs. I will be here Saturday and Sunday this weekend for FanDuel TV before I hit the road and go back home. And uh, I'm doing a little bit of traveling here. So I tried to get the good microphone hooked up. For whatever reason, the car wouldn't take it. So we're dealing with car mic. I apologize. The good news is this is not going to be a super in-depth episode this week uh, because it's primarily going to relate to the three-year-olds and what the Breeders' Cup Classic Division looks like. I know I did this a few weeks ago. But a lot's happened since then. And I had a commenter um, last week when I was talking about Kentucky Downs and the racing that's happening here say something along the lines of, how do you not talk about the Travers after billing it as one of the most important races of the year and one of the most important Travers in the past 10 to 15 years? And fair point. Uh, There was business that needed to be taken care of last weekend. So that's primarily why. And I didn't want the episode to go out to an hour long. So this week, it's going to be shorter, but it's going to focus on that classic division because things are, you know, they're not, they're becoming clearer, but they're not clear, if that makes sense. And while I won't be doing the complete ad read, this is a good time to mention that our friends at the Breeders' Cup are sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check out all of the win and you're in action from across the globe coming up this weekend and I am privy to taking the two win and you're in races here at Kentucky Downs. It is the Turf Sprint as well as the FanDuel Kentucky Turf Cup. So great racing here at Kentucky Downs continues. The weather should be ideal and looking forward to taking in some great racing action here in Franklin, Kentucky. And as always, be sure to check out BreedersCup.com for all the latest in terms of what fields could look like, who has automatically punched their ticket into the Breeders' Cup World Championships because before you know it, It's going to be here. The event is right around the corner. The first weekend in November out at Santa Anita, the Breeders' Cup World Championships and the Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win and you are in. And some horses that are part of this win and you're in series and have already kind of punched their ticket. They ran last weekend at Del Mar in the Pacific Classic. It looked like it was the three-year-olds and everyone else on paper. For a moment, slow down, Andy. Kind of threw his hat into the ring and said not so fast, but it ended up being a one-two finish for the big two, you had Arabian Night out finishing Go Rocket Ride. And I say out finishing, you know, Go Rocket Ride was kicking on again at the end. They were separated by what, about a half length in the end. And on top of that, you spin it to the weekend prior with Archangelo, to me, very clearly cementing himself as the best three year old, at least on the East Coast, if not in the country. And perhaps that by default makes him the best horse in the country overall. Because I've, I've mentioned it, it's not to disparage or, or discount a horse like White Abario, but White Abario 
has never been that, what we saw in the Whitney. So forgive me, and I'll tell you right now, I, I will not be picking him in the Classic. It's not because he's not fast enough. If he runs that Whitney, he probably wins. But I just have to see it again. I, and, and perhaps there are going to be folks that will look at it and say that creates a major betting opportunity where you're going to get the fastest horse in the race and he's going to be 8-1, to 6-1, to one, something like that. Good on you. You're right by you know the letter of the law. I just, I, I've got to see it again before I fully buy in. And I've never really thought of him as a mile and a quarter horse. When he was with Safi Joseph earlier this year, I interviewed Safi and I said, you know, they, they turned him back to seven eights. He won that allowance race on a Gulfstream. And he said, you know, we think this is just kind of resetting the deck a little bit, getting him back to some of his better form. And maybe we'll just focus on these one turn races. Now Dutro's got him and, and maybe he will end up blossoming as a mile and a quarter horse. I have my reservations, but that's the beauty of horse racing. You back it up with your opinion, with your dollar. But the classic division as a whole, you set him aside. Now you've got this kind of three-headed monster with the three-year-olds. And who do you want to go with? It's going to be a home game for Arabian Night. It's going to be a home game for Go Rocket Ride. They've squared off head-to-head on two occasions. It's 1-1. The rubber match, in theory, assuming we don't see them face off with one another again before the Breeders' Cup, the rubber match will be the classic, which in and of itself is a fabulous storyline. Mandela versus Baffert. West Coast, Santa Anita, home field advantage. But the, the story, the story of the Breeders' Cup, and let's knock wood, hope that he gets there safe and sound. The story of the Breeders' Cup is going to be Archangelo and Jenna Antonucci, and understandably so, because Jenna Antonucci's made history this year for the accomplishments that she has earned. Archangelo has established himself as one of the best horses in training, Again, you can make the case he's the best horse in terms of the three-year-olds, but you could also go and say he's the best horse, period. The mile and a quarter is not an issue for him. It's not an issue for the other two either, which is heartening. You're not worried about that. I brought up my concern with that for White Barrio. I don't have concerns with those three horses, the three-year-olds about a mile and a quarter. Tactically, if you just kind of draw some assumptions... Archangelo is going to need to pass both of them. I would assume he's going to be behind both Go Rocket Ride and Arabian Night with the presumption that Arabian Night's on the lead. And that is going to be the other thing that needs to be discussed when you get into really what the final field for the Classic will look like. The pace scenario is going to be vital because if Arabian Night has to take any kind of pressure early on, perhaps that softens him up and sets it up for either of the two three-year-olds or some other horse. But when I'm going through the, the likely runners, the potential runners, there's not a ton of gas in this race. And if you're telling me that Arabian Knight's going to pull the same trip he pulled in the Pacific Classic, and, and he's going to be, you know, let's say somewhere between four to one and five to one, that, that's going to be difficult for me to say no to. Just because it's, and it's not because I think he's necessarily a better horse than Archangelo. If I needed to make a call right now, who do I think is the most talented of the three? I'm probably going to go with Archangelo. Uh, he he's he hasn't looked like a loser in either of his last two races, and they've been against the best of the best in terms of the three-year-olds on the East Coast. And I I don't want to draw any conclusions from Mage running as poorly as he did in the Travers, just mainly because 
I think something had to go wrong, and you saw that the form of the Haskell stood up a bit when those other two ran 1-2 in the P-Classic. The Classic as a whole, though, I tweeted it after the P-Classic. You, We all love when there's a superstar at a race, especially in a headlining race. But that doesn't often lend itself to a great betting opportunity or a great betting race, unless you're just way against that, that heavy favorite. This year's Breeders' Cup Classic, assuming they all get there, throw Bright Future in there, throw in, you know, Proxy, throw in Rattle and Roll or any of these horses. Smile happy if he gets there. What this year's classic lacks in superstars, and I had somebody throw a, a shot at that saying, what do you mean there's no superstars? Oh, again, I, maybe we have a different definition of superstars. There are no flight lines in this field. There are no California chromes. There are no arrow gates. There are, there are no gun runners. There are very good horses, but none of them, to this point right now, none of them are, are of that caliber, and if you think they are, again, your prerogative, I will, I will die on that hill, that none of them are that level yet. They could be, but right now they're not. Right now it's a good group, and the lack of a superstar creates a fabulous betting opportunity. Where if you stack up 12 horses, what's your favorite going to be? Four to one? No lower than seven to two. They can't be. How could you How could you back any of these horses at a price shorter than that when they're all taking each other on? They're evenly matched. And by the way, I'm not ruling out Forte. I'm not ruling out some of these other horses. If Mage is okay, I'm not going to write him off just yet. These are all horses that have got credentials, that have got races that are fast enough to be competitive against this group when there is no standout. I believe Archangelo is the best of them all, but I don't I don't view him as a slam dunk. And I, I'm very curious everyone else's opinions, again, beneath the video player on YouTube, send me a direct message on Twitter, at Bernie or under. But that's what, I, to me, it's, it's a great scenario. It reminds me a little bit of the Vino Rosso classic where you had McKinsey and, you know, there were major questions about how far did he want to go, kind of form was he in this that and the other the accelerate classic at churchill downs back in 2018 i believe it was you know th there are so many different ways to chop up a race like this that you're no is it going to be a, a classic for, well i shouldn't say no it won't be a classic for the ages it very well could be you might have four horses across the wire but i think that's what i'm most excited about is the potential to get a group that you know, it's too early to say what they'll turn into, assuming many of them stay in training. Sounds like Archangelo will stay in training regardless of the result, which is fabulous news. But I love the idea. And also keep in mind, maybe some of you have missed this. The Breeders' Cup Classic is not the last race of the Breeders' Cup this year. Because the, the behemoth that is college football, uh, the Classic will not be the the sort of send-off race for the television coverage. TV coverage will end, and then there's, I think, possibly two or three more Breeders' Cup races to come. So you're going to have this right in the heart of some of the biggest races, and it may end up being the best betting race. And Horse of the Year is probably on the line. Not to mention, 
the scenario in which the winner of the classic, it could very easily be a winner take all. If they all line up, whoever wins that race is horse of the year. I don't think other awards will necessarily come down that simply because the, the rest of them really feel like they skew toward volume as opposed to accomplishment. If it was purely accomplishment, I would say right now there's no better options for trainer and jockey than Antonucci and Javier. But if it boils down to volume, I mean, neither of them are, are likely. He had a Breeders' Cup Classic, though, to those resumes. That's tough to it's tough to say no to, in my opinion, anyway. So the Breeders' Cup Classic, there's a lot at stake. It's part of the reason I waited and didn't completely do a, a recap of the Travers. Disarm ran really well. Unfortunately, he's done for the year, but he'll come back as a four-year-old. The rest of the lot, Tapatrice is Tapatrice. I, I feel like I said that in the preview. I, I was hot on him as a two-year-old. I liked his chances early on as a three-year-old. And he just, a combination of things for me. He hasn't improved, but also he just kind of, he's a plotter. He's fine. He's fine. Maybe he'll find a new gear. Maybe his head will get right. I, you know, I'm not in a rush to bet him in any race. Forte, he, he just got beat. Just got beat flat out. And we, we live in a time where especially in horse racing, especially in college football and, you know, the NFL or really any sport for that matter or anything in life. If you lose, well, you must not be any good. Well, winning is hard. And especially when you continue to take on the best of the best, that, you know, the, the Tiger Woods of the world are the anomaly. They're not the rule. The, the rule is it's really difficult to beat the best of the best consistently. Then you do get complete freaks like Tiger Woods or Flight Line or Novak Djokovic or, you know, any of these, these folks, Serena Williams, who they just continued when they were at their best, they made the best look average. That's not normal. What is normal is you get many that are very good and they take turns beating each other. And I think that's what you've probably got with the Classic this year. Maybe things will change. Maybe these horses will continue to blossom, and maybe we'll see some of them again. I think with the way that the modern thoroughbred is trained, eh, I mean, do you get 33%? Do you get a third of, of the potential Classic runners to run one more time this year? That might even be generous. I don't know if you're going to get that many. The Pennsylvania Derby is going to be an interesting race just because I don't know who is or isn't going to show up there for the three-year-olds. I'll be at Parks for FanDuel TV for that race. You know, maybe you get a wild card in there. Maybe Forte shows up there again. I have no idea. But if you're looking for trying to pad your resume, I'd be surprised if either of the California horses came out. Archangelo, I'd be stunned if you saw him again before the Classic. You know, if... The most interesting scenario for the... PA Derby for me what if let's say Mage is healthy and nothing went wrong in the, the Travers you come back and let's say you, you win the Pennsylvania Derby now all of a sudden Archangelo's got company at the top of the leaderboard in terms of leader in the clubhouse for the three year olds because a, a Derby PA a Kentucky Derby Pennsylvania Derby double 
probably outweighs at Belmont Stakes Travers Dome. I'm not saying I think one is better than the other, but if I'm handicapping voting and, and history, if the Derby winner is tied with anyone, the Derby winner is going to get the benefit of the doubt. So maybe he shows up there. Maybe you get someone else that, that throws their hat in the ring and who knows? Maybe there is another three-year-old that can, can really put it all together here, springboard from the PA Derby into the Breeders' Cup. Um, legitimate threat. I, I'm not sure. I just know that I'm probably more excited for a Breeders' Cup Classic than I have been since. Well, I guess it really hasn't been that long. The 2020 Classic was a really good one. It was a shame that not more people got to see it. But the, the Itaki Downs and the racing, the great betting race. And I loved Authentic. And I scored on it. I felt pretty damn good about that. But, you know... Maybe that's going to be the case for many of you or something here, here with the, the potential of, of Archangelo or Arabia at Night or Go Rocket Ride to go off at four or five to one. Maybe that's where your score of the year comes in the classic or in, leading into the classic. You're alive in some sort of a multi-race bet. It's a short pod this week. It's a little bit of me just rambling a little bit as I'm on the highway. But I think that's where we're at right now. Unless something crazy happens or unless we get unfortunate defections, I think we've got a Breeders' Cup Classic on tap that that very well could be one of the better betting opportunities of the year across the board. Whoever you like, you're going to get a fair price and you've got the opportunity to set yourself up for a big score on Breeders' Cup weekend. Let me know your thoughts about the three-year-olds, the Travers, the Pacific Classic, the upcoming Pennsylvania Derby, White Abario, who's just waiting in the wings, waiting in the weeds, lying there waiting for everybody else to sort themselves out. Does Paddington come over? I don't know. Is there another, is there a Japanese horse? My friend Tommy, Tommy Hammer, Tommy Massis on Twitter. He, I, I tweeted that piece out about the four to one favorite and his response was Japanese horse. And truly, with the way the past three years have gone, if the Japanese have anything they think have got a shot to run and win in the Classic, you have to take them seriously. End of story. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because they're winning everything. So there's a lot still to be ironed out in terms of the Classic. And I just know I, I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a fabulous Breeders' Cup. We've got legitimate superstar potential. I hope it all plays out and Equinox comes over because that would be, and I hope that's the, well, I don't know if that'll, again, I, I don't know enough about the, the details with the, the television piece of it. But it would be fitting if the Classic cannot be the, the finale, the main event of this year's Breeders' Cup. If, if Equinox is here, he would be a, a fitting headliner. He would be the headliner. As awesome a betting race as the Classic would be, if Equinox does come, then I've not read anything other than just sort of the, the chatter that that he may very well come here. That would be the headline of it. Again, let me know your thoughts on all the above. Anything else that you want to hear about over the next few weeks, uh, I will be off. There won't be a pod the final week of September. 
I go to Woodbine next weekend for NBC. We'll be taking in the Woodbine Mile. Me and Edzo will be up in Toronto. Everybody else will be in the studio in Connecticut. The following week, I'll, that's primarily why work from home, and then I will head to Pennsylvania for the Pennsylvania Derby, and then I'm off on vacation for a week, and there won't be a pod that week. Then I will head right to Keeneland for the entire Keeneland meeting, which is as good as it gets. Then the Breeders' Cup, and then then I'll be at Churchill Downs. There's still great racing still to come, but all roads leading to Santa Anita for the 2023 Breeders' Cup. That's going to do it for episode 171. Good luck this weekend. Hope you're playing Kentucky Downs. Check us out on FanDuel TV. Early post time on Saturday. First post 11.30 Central, 12.30 Eastern. Culminating in the FanDuel Kentucky Turf Cup. I feel bad for whoever wins that race. You're going to cash a great check, but then I have to be the one to give you the trophy in the winner's circle. Uh, I kid, but not really. Best of luck. However you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 171 of the Matt Bernier Show.